Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Give it up for all the new guests in the house. New people, welcome here. We're so excited you guys are here. And we're going to jump straight into uh, what we have for you today uh, as far as this This Is Us series. And so I remember growing up, uh, my dad is is uh, someone that can build things. And so I remember growing up in the garage, he was always building shelves or building this or making this out of wood, whatever. He just, he's always making stuff. And so I kind of grew up in that environment. And because of that, I naturally took on like the ability to build things. And so um, I, my brain works like an engine. If you've ever seen me around here, you've seen um, what that looks like. And so all the staff is like, every time they're like, who's going to build this contraption? Everyone just kind of looks at me. Uh, and so, uh, but I'm also the one that comes up with ridiculous ideas, like spinning things in the lobby that says groups on it and stuff like that. So that's, you know, whatever. But, uh, but so then moving forward in my life, um, I started doing, I just always had an interest in building stuff with my hands. So I started doing car audio and, uh, and car video. And so uh, that person that pulled up next to you at the red light and was and your mirrors are shaking and your kid wakes up in the backseat. That's my fault. All right, I probably put that in there. Uh, and so uh, I, I grew up doing those things and, and got to do some pretty wild stuff, man. Um, like I went to competitions. We put fish tanks in the back of Escalades with car sound systems. I mean, we did some ridiculous things. And so all that to say is uh, I, I got used to like building stuff and doing stuff with my hands. When me and Ashley bought our last house, the house we're in now, um, we had to renovate the whole thing. And so naturally, we're not going to pay anybody to do that, right? Uh, so between my dad, who can do all that, and me, who can do all that, uh, it was like, we, you know, we, we did it all ourselves. And so the one thing that I refuse to do to this day is hang a ceiling fan. Like, I'll put a fish tank in the back of a car before I hang a ceiling fan, because I don't know what it is, but every time I hang that bad boy, it's just, so I'm up there with like pieces of cardboard trying to like get it to balance out. And it doesn't matter what I do. The thing's just wonk, 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 wonk. And listen, that'll test how much you love God. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, and so I was, after a few minutes, of hand, I, I called somebody else. I was like, listen, um, we've literally almost built this house from the ground up, but I need someone to come hang the ceiling fan because I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> and the problem was it drives me crazy because I have a hard time getting it balanced. And I think in our lives, one of the hardest things that we struggle with is keeping our lives balanced, right? I got a question for you, and maybe you can reflect on it for just a moment. Has it ever felt like life was something to be endured more than it was to be enjoyed? Has it ever felt like life was something to be endured more than it was something to be enjoyed? And what I know is things become difficult in our life whenever things get out of balance. And this is, this is kind of how I see life for us, right? Is we've, life is just kind of, how many guys know life is always spinning, right? Anybody notice how it doesn't slow down for very many people, right? Anybody, you, everyone go through seasons where you're doing nothing all the time? No, okay? So things are chaotic. And here's what I've found out over the years, right? I found out over the years that we, we always end up adding things to our life. Am I right? Help me out. Right? So we always end up adding things to our life. And so maybe early on, you're trying to figure some things out. And so how many guys know we always start with school in our life? Right? So, well, most of us. <laughs> right? So we, we start with school. And naturally, right, what are we trying to do? We got to try to balance this out. Right? So we got school. And when we're younger, we've got school and we've got rest. Right? 
And so what do we do? It's pretty easy to find balance in that. And so it doesn't really matter. You can still, life spins and things are good as long as you're doing that. But how many guys know around that 16, 17, for some of us 13 mark, work comes into the picture. Am I right? Well, guess what happens as things get a little sideways again, right? And so what do you have to do? Naturally, you have to, just like every other thing in life, you have to recalibrate. Anybody ever gone through a season where like, man, we've added something new to my life and I got to figure out how to rebalance things again. So naturally, you got to kind of figure out where things go. And as soon as you figure out where things go, it gets pretty easy to balance things again. Am I right? The problem is, then you get into a relationship. I mean, that don't work like you thought it was going to. Am I right? Right? So what do you got to do? You got you to recalibrate again. So you say, all right, listen, I got I to gotta prioritize my work a little bit. So I'm going to move that over here. And, and dating can't go here, but it can go here. And, and, and as long as things are pretty good, I feel like, no, that, that can't work there. There it is. Okay, now I found my balance again. Right? And how many guys know we go through a lot of balancing? The problem is then you get married or have kids. And we're, we're back here again. You know what I mean? Like, good gracious. Right? And so naturally, when you, get, when you have a family, right, family, what is, what is the first thing that goes away? <laughs> Rest. All right. So, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to put things back where they go. So at least things are balanced even though we're not rested. And that's kind of how we live the rest of our lives. Am I right? Right? And so here's what I found. We're in a constant pursuit out of keeping things in our life balanced where things are rotating in a healthy way. Right? What we oftentimes do is we underestimate what Jesus does when he shows up in our life. Because we think we can just add him to the board like everything else. The problem is he's so substantial in our lives, it doesn't matter what you do. Your life will always feel off kilter as long as he's just part of your life and not the thing in your life. And so what happens for many of us, and maybe, maybe you find yourself in this space, is you've added Jesus to your life. But, but because you've only added him to your life, you kind of feel like you're still trying to, it, I can't quite... Things don't work. I'm working real hard, but nothing quite feels as balanced as it should. And so here's how you found yourself. You found yourself going through life feeling a little bit like this. And everything's hard. And everything's difficult. And I don't feel like I ever quite, work doesn't quite feel right. School, for some of you, doesn't quite feel right. My family doesn't quite feel right, right? I don't ever feel rested. We took that off the table completely, right? Like, I don't ever, why? Because everything's out of balance when Jesus is just one more thing on our plate. And so how do we fix that? Well, that's what I want to show you today as what we can do to fix it because Jesus really shakes things up when he comes into our life. And there's a story in Mark chapter 5 where Jesus shakes things up in people's lives. And that's what I want to share with you today. Let's go to Mark chapter 5, 21 through 24. And that's where we're going to pick up in this story. There at the lakeside, a large crowd gathered around him. Jairus threw himself down at his feet, talking about Jesus' feet, and begged him earnestly. He says, my little daughter is very sick. 
Please come and place your hands on her so that she can get well and live. And Jesus went with him. And I, I want to help you out as we open this up today that we're going to be met with a few options when it comes to how we view our lives and the role that we play in it. And that's what I want to show you today. So again, we're, we're going to be met with a few options as to how we live our lives and the role that we play in our lives. And I want to look at what happens when we play the right role versus when we play the wrong role. And what I want to show you in the, in, out, just out of the gate in Mark chapter 5 is there's this crowd that's huddled around Jesus. Because everywhere Jesus went, people just came to him, right? And so there's this crowd around Jesus. And the very first thing I want you to understand when it comes to your life is that you want to be part of the crowd rather than being at the center of it. You want to be part of the crowd rather than being at the center of it. Because listen to me, there's only space for one person at the center of the crowd. And so if it's you, it's automatically not Jesus. And so what are we trying to do? Listen, we're so tempted to make life all about us. But listen, not necessarily in a absolutely selfish way. So sometimes when we talk about making life about ourselves, how many of you guys know we do it from a selfish perspective, right? But sometimes it's not that we're trying to be selfish. Sometimes it's just that we don't trust anyone else to do it the way we think it should be done. Has anyone else leveraged God's decision-making against where you're currently at and said, God, I don't know if I trust you to do things my way because other people didn't do things my way and I got hurt over there. Or I don't trust you to do things your way because I know what's best for me. Come on, help me out. Any I know what's best for me people in here? I know what's best for me. God, you need to figure out what I'm trying to do in my life, right? So what do we do? Try to put ourselves at the center. In verse 24, so many people were going along with Jesus that they were crowding him from every side. So I got a few people that are going to help me. Uh, and so come on up on stage, guys. All of you guys are going to help me move with, with haste, all right? And so uh, I got a crowd I'm bringing up on stage, all right? So put your hands together for the crowd that's coming up on stage. And so they're all coming up on stage. And so here's what's happening. Just kind of give you context as to what's happening. Jesus is showing up to the town, right? And as he's showing up to the town, there's a bunch of people that are trying to, come on, crowd, crowd around Jesus, crowd around Jesus. Okay, like, I'm Jesus, by the way, all right? So naturally, we're not going to let somebody else be Jesus. So let me, let, me, let me get where I can see. Okay, here we go. Okay, so naturally the crowd, the crowd is gathering around Jesus, right? And everywhere Jesus goes, Right? They're like, let me, let me just be close to Jesus. And Jesus is like, golly, y'all, can I get some space? Can we come over here? Right? And, like, and we want to see what Jesus is doing. We want to know what Jesus is doing. So what are, they're, they're naturally moving around Jesus. And here's the thing. Being part of the crowd is a good thing when you got the right person at the center of it. But being part of the crowd is hard whenever we put someone else in the wrong spot. And see, when, when Jesus is at the center, we're always, it doesn't matter where, where he starts to move, we're always looking for him because we want him to be at the center of our lives. It doesn't matter where he goes or what he does because we're always close enough to him to know that if he comes over here, it's like, hey, we're just all going over here then. And if he comes over here, we're all just going over here. Look at this. This is awesome. Man. Like, so it doesn't matter where we go. Jesus, as, as Jesus moves, we're moving with him. Why? Because it's, be, it's always better to be part of the crowd around Jesus than to put yourself 
yourself in the feet of Jesus. It's always better to be around what God is doing rather than trying to be at the center of everything, the center of the decision making, the center. But here's our temptation. Are you ready? Our temptation is to step into the, the center ourselves. And so look, Ryan here is going to step into the center. But hear me, there's only room for one person at the center. So when, if, if Ryan puts himself at the middle, guess where Jesus has to go? Back here somewhere. See, because Jesus isn't going to fight for space in our lives. So what happens is, is Jesus ends up on the outskirts and he's just moving around the outskirts because how many guys know that when we put ourselves at the middle, what we then do is surround ourselves with a different crowd. And so what happens is now Ryan's been at the center and Ryan's surrounded himself with a crowd on TikTok and on Instagram, a crowd on Facebook, a crowd that meets up with him on the weekends to make the decisions he probably shouldn't be making or doing the things he probably shouldn't be doing. And so naturally, what do we do? Whenever Jesus isn't at the center, we find ourselves a sympathetic crowd that will agree with the things we probably shouldn't be doing anyways. So what is Jesus forced to do? Jesus is forced to be on the outskirts of the crowd. And the problem is, is when Jesus is on the outskirts of the crowd, the only time we look for Jesus is when that relationship went bad. And, he, and Ryan looks over, his, looks over his shoulder to try to make sure he can still see Jesus even though he's not close to Jesus. There's a whole lot of things between him and Jesus. And so Jesus is naturally moving around the outskirts. And so what happens, Ryan loses that job. And, and, and what does he do? He just looks around to make sure he can see Jesus, but he's not close to Jesus. What happens when you... When you get that doctor's report, well, Jesus isn't at the center of my life, but as long as I can see him, I'm still doing pretty good. And what we've done is we've convinced ourselves that as long as we can see Jesus on the outskirts of the crowd of our life, we're still doing good in our life. But the problem with Jesus being on the outskirts is it always makes you feel a little bit off. Because something's still not right, is it? Like something's still not what it's supposed to be. And so what happens, what happens if Jesus is at the center of everything we're doing in our lives? Romans eleven thirty six puts it like this. He says, for from him and through him and for him are all things. He's at the center. From him, like he made it. Whatever you have in your life that's good, he gave it to you. Whatever you have in your life that you love, it's from him. Everything that is, has been created was created by him. So if it was created and then given to you, it was created by him and then given to you, right? So everything in your life that exists, exists for one reason and one reason alone. is that Jesus will get the glory out of it, even if it's part of your life. And so even if it's something you love, it doesn't belong in the center. Jesus belongs at the center. And so what happens is from, from him and through him and for him are all things to him be the Glory forever. Amen. Right? So being part of the crowd is always better than being at the center of it. But here's the thing. Being part of the crowd means you're close enough to reach Jesus. Being part of the crowd means you're close enough to reach Jesus. And, and as Jesus is moving towards Jairus' daughter, so go back to the story of Matthew and uh, Mark 5. Jesus is moving towards Jairus' daughter who is sick and she's dying. And so as she's moving, or as she's there, Jesus is moving towards her. He's following Jairus to the house. And what's happening? The crowd's going with him. So Jesus is following Jairus. The crowd's going with him. And then Je All right, Jesus hooked her right. And now the crowd's going, crowd's going with him, right? And what's happening is everywhere Jesus goes, the crowd is right there with him. And so, but here's the thing, when you're part of the crowd, you're close enough to reach Jesus. And so this woman has an issue of blood. In other words, she's been on her cycle for years and years and years and never stopped bleeding. 
And she's been, she, the, the Bible says, I'm skipping it for the sake of time, but she's gone to doctors. She's gone to specialists. She's gone to everyone. And nothing, no medicine, no treatment has been able to do anything for her. As a matter of fact, the Bible says she spent all of her money trying to make herself well, and she still wasn't able to do it. And so she's, she's finally kind of out of last room. She hears that Jesus is coming to town. And so that's where we pick up in verse 27 and 29. She had heard that Jesus, heard about Jesus. So she came in the crowd behind him saying to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will get well. And so Jesus is moving through the crowd, right? And one of you touched me on my shoulder. It doesn't matter who it is, right? So, so oh, that was two, two hands. So, one, yeah, one of you touched me on my shoulder. It doesn't matter who it is. All right, so, so there it is. Uh, I can see you. That doesn't, one of you back there touched me on my shoulder. Okay, there it is. All right, that person, right? So Jesus is moving. Through, I was like, so uh, Jesus is moving through the crowd. And as he's moving through the crowd, the woman tells herself, if I could just get close enough to Jesus to touch his clothes, I could be healed. Because here's the thing, being part of the crowd always keeps you close enough to the healing power of Jesus. And so some of us want to know why we can't, that our prayers feel like they're hindered, but we're not close enough to Jesus to really get them to him. So we're, we're praying to somebody we have no relationship with. And so what happens is, as she's, and so go the next part of the verse, she touched his cloak and her bleeding stopped at once. And she had the feeling inside herself that she was healed of her trouble. And so what happens, that person reaches out and the same person touched my shoulder real quick. So she touches, uh, touches Jesus' garments. And, and the problem is Jesus then turns around. If you look in the passage, Jesus turns, looks at his disciples and says, who touched me? All right, I want all of you as a crowd to get as close to me as possible. All right? Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples are like, brother, everyone touched you. That's what it says in the Bible. Y'all got to read this. I'm telling y'all, this thing is crazy. So they're like, everyone touched you. He's like, no, 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 someone touched me. And they go, no, Jesus, everyone touched you. And he says, no, 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 someone, I felt the connection to God in my body, leave my body and touch them. She, he said, something changed in me. And I know that when it changed in me, it left me and went into them. And now they've been changed because they were close enough to me to be changed. And so what, what happens is he turns around and he says, who was it? Who was it? And so he, he looks at, and he sees the woman and he says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. But here's, here's the problem that we're running into is, is many of us, we, we don't want to be part of the crowd, but we want the blessings that come from being in the crowd. So like, so it's like, oh man, I don't know if I want to commit to that. I don't know if I want to give Jesus that much of my life. I, I don't know if I want to be part of the crowd because here's the deal. When Jesus moves, the crowd moves. But some of us aren't sure we want Jesus to be that much of our life. We want Jesus on the outskirts of our life. And so when we put Jesus on the outskirts of our life, listen to me, when we desperately need something in our life, we're not close enough to touch him. See, when you're part of the crowd, you're close enough to reach Jesus. Listen to me in your desperate moments, in your time of need, you don't want to be on the outskirts, friends. You want to be right in the middle of the crowd. And wherever Jesus goes, that's where we go. And so she reached out and touched her. And listen to me, the goal of TC, listen to me, the goal of our church is to create a crowd so close to Jesus that anybody at any given time can touch him. And when they touch him, they're never the same again. 
Our goal as a church is to create a space where every week someone can touch Jesus. Either they touch him in a worship service or they touch him through being part of a group or they touch him by serving. Somewhere I'm going to reach Jesus this week because listen to me, I need Jesus this week more than I needed him last week. I need him in my life today more than I needed him in my life yesterday. And so what naturally happens is we got to put ourselves in the crowd. That's why we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. But the only way to become who God wants you to be is if you're part of the crowd. And so, man, which brings me to my next thing is that being part of the crowd means celebration is a group effort. Being part of the crowd means celebration is a group effort. That means when God does something in your life, we get to celebrate what God's doing in your life. (laughs) When God does something for you, we get to celebrate that God's doing something for you, right? right. Anybody ever called somebody with good news and they crapped on your good news? Right? Come on, help me out. Anybody, you call, hey, guess what? And they're like, well, you know, that's probably not going to stay that way. Right? It's like, oh, because your life is miserable. You got to mess up mine too. Right. right? So like, so what happens is we, we come to this place where we realize that it's a group effort. And listen, for some of us, our life is missing genuine celebration. Like life is missing genuine celebration, having the right people around you. That's why groups matter so much yeah. because when you're part of the crowd, you're part of a group. When you're part of the group, you get to celebrate like a group. So when God's doing something great in your life, people get to be a part of it. And listen to me, when things aren't going great in your life, you got somebody around you in the crowd that's helping move you closer to Jesus. Yeah, like, listen, I don't know if I can help you, but what I can do is pray with you to get you closer to Jesus because yeah. what you really yeah. need is to touch him. What you really need is his attention. And so what happens is we come to this place where we start to celebrate. And, and here's the question that I have. What if we celebrated right where we are? Like, for many of us, we're waiting to get where we wish we were to start celebrating what God did. But what if we started celebrating right where we are? How would it change how we see God? And how would it change what it means to be part of the crowd if we just started celebrating all the things God already did rather than complaining about the things he hasn't done yet? What if we celebrated right where we are? That's why Philippians 4, 4 through 5 says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he gives you a reminder right after. I will say it again, rejoice. Why? Listen to me, the Lord is near. Like God is right here and everything that we need, God is here. And so, but here's the problem that I think many of us face. I'm going to let someone else be Jesus for a second. <laughs> Kevin, come here, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a cowboy's hat on. We need special anointing. All right, so for that. So, but, so here, here's the thing. It, let's, we're going to let Kevin be Jesus for just a second. Kevin's going to move around on the stage. And so, Kevin, go ahead and be Jesus because this is how some of us are. As Kevin moves around, some of us have found ourselves not part of the crowd, but listen to me, close enough to the crowd that when the crowd passes by us, we blend in well enough. Oh, look, I'm part of the crowd now. I'm part of the, I'm part of the crowd on Sunday. Oh, oh, the crowd's moving. Oh, come Friday. Oh, man, why am I facing so much depression and anxiety right now? Why am I hurting so bad right now? I feel so alone. I feel like everybody's just forgot about me. I feel like, oh, look, I'm part of the crowd again. Look, here I am. Things are good. I love this. Let's go, Jesus. Sunday morning worship. Yes, I love this. I love, I love, oh, man, life is so hard. I feel like I'm all alone. Depression, anxiety. I feel like maybe I need to go see somebody, which I'm not against, by the way, but 
maybe perhaps what we need to do is stop pretending we're part of something we're really not. Let me, let me help you for a second. Being part of the crowd means being part of the crowd, not close to the crowd. And I'm not here to beat anybody up. I hope you hear my heart. I'm not here to, 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 all I'm here to do is challenge you to say what could happen if you stopped just being close to the crowd on Sundays and you started being part of the crowd every day. What could change in your life if you stopped allowing the enemy to convince you that as long as the crowd passes you by once a week, you're doing well. What would it look like to just be part of the crowd so that when Jesus is moving, I'm just up in here too. Let's go. Let's go. Wherever Jesus is going, that's where I'm going. You guys can go ahead and go sit down. Thank you. Wherever Jesus is at, give it up for them. They're awesome. Thank you. What could it look like? Listen, many of us, we're on the outskirts, so we're not finding freedom in groups. We haven't discovered our purpose and next steps. We're not making a difference in people's lives. But hear me. Being connected to Jesus means being connected to every part of what Jesus is doing. And for some of us, we're trying to figure out what it looks like to have Jesus at the center. And so here's the, here's the real problem is because Jesus is on the outskirts of our life. We're still, everything feels off balance. And we can't figure out why things aren't working because we've added Jesus as one more thing we do, listen to me, rather than being at the center of everything else in our life. What could happen if Jesus wasn't one more thing we did on Sundays from 9 to 1030, what if Jesus literally was the thing that everything else moved around? What if I let my family just move around? Listen, Jesus is at the center. So what does that mean? Every decision I make is going to be made around the fact that Jesus is the middle of everything. So it's like, oh, this is a great work opportunity. Is it? Because if it moves Jesus from the center, everything's going to get off again. Oh, this is a great family opportunity. Is it? Because... If it, if it messes everything up, we're going to get off again. This is a great opportunity. This, oh, I, I should date this person, but dating this person means I'm never going to be a church. I'm never going to be in a group. They don't even love Jesus. They don't even know Jesus. Like, is it or is it going to get everything off again? Listen to me. As long as we keep Jesus at the center, you can add as much to your life as you want to. As long as you balance it right, keeping him at the center keeps everything moving right. The problem is many of us keep trying to add Jesus as an accessory to our life. We're not letting him be at the center of our life. But my challenge to you today is what could change? So I just want to give you five things really quick as to what could happen. Because hear me, everything is at its best when your life is Christ-centered. That's why at TC we're Christ-centered celebrators. Because Jesus is at the center of everything that we do. He's at the middle of everything that we do. So five things that I want to give you that could help you put Jesus at the center. All right. These are easy. And honestly, they're not going to be a shocker to you. Number one, getting consistent with church attendance. Now, for some of you, I know you work, you own businesses, and that pulls you away. on So don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm talking about when you have the chance to be here, being here instead of choosing something else. Right. And here's the thing. You're not helping me. All right. There's plenty of people that move through this church, and, and I'm so grateful for every single person that sits in these seats, and, and God has blessed us to be part of this church. So you're not doing this for me. Listen, I want this for you. So when you have the chance to be here, it's saying, you know what, I'm not going to prioritize that thing over the right thing. And so getting consistent with church attendance, the next thing is saying no to good things so you can say yes to God things. There are a number of things in your life that may look good, but they may not be godly. And so it's, all right, 
Is that going to pull me away from Jesus being at the center? If it is, I'm not going to do it. Is that going to cause me distraction? Is it, does that mean I'm never going to get to be engaged with Christ-centered community? If so, then it's just not an option for me, right? The third thing is committing to consistent participation in a TC group. Listen to me. You need people speaking godly life into you. Let me put it this way. I need people speaking godly life into me. Like, and if I need it, we all need it. I don't mean that to puff me up. I'm saying I'm the pastor and I'm telling you, I need people around me speaking godly life into me. I need people around me reminding me, hey, God's got this. I know it's going to be, it may be hard right now. It's maybe a tough seat. I know you're tired. I've been sick for three weeks. I needed some people around me. Like, I'm praying for you, man. God's got this. Like, you keep going. Like, I need to help persevering. Why? Because we need people around us. The next thing is, find, listen, finding your purpose in the crowd. That's why next steps are so important. You can discover your purpose. What has God put in you that you want to serve the body of Christ with? Find the reason you're, man, I, I love when I see people giving their gifts. Uh, Hayden and Chris Cardi back there in front of house booth. Shout out to you guys. Uh, they've been running sound and running lights and all that stuff. Listen, what you see up here, by the way, none of the people that make this stuff happen are on staff here. None of them get paid. They do it because they wake up every Sunday and they can't wait to serve God with the thing that he's put inside of them. Listen, and God's put something like that inside of you. So what could happen if you discovered what that purpose was and you started using it to make a difference in people's lives? But then lastly, letting your life count for something. Letting your life count for something. You've got a desire in you for your life to matter beyond just you. We've talked about that plenty of times. We want to get connected to what God is doing. And so let's go to Mark 5, 34 through 35. I want to pick up the rest of this story. So Jesus is going to see Jairus' daughter. And on his way, the woman with the issue of blood reaches out and touches him. And, and she's healed because she touched Jesus. And we want to be the type of church that gets people close enough to Jesus that when they need him, they can reach out and touch him. But let's keep going to the story. Jesus said to her, my daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your trouble. And while Jesus was saying this, some messengers came from Jairus' house and told him, your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher? Talking about Jesus. Why bother Jesus any longer? It's too late. You needed a healing, but it's too late. You needed a touch, but it's too late. You needed, you needed him to get to the house while she was still alive, but it's too late. Now think about, how, think about Jairus' perspective for just a second. He's walking with Jesus as he's walking with Jesus, trying to get Jesus to his daughter, because if he can get Jesus to his daughter, Jesus can make his daughter whole. And on his way, a woman stops him. Listen, she wasn't part of the plan. She wasn't part of Jairus. Jairus went to him. And, and hear me, even some of the scholars believe that if Jesus hadn't stopped to talk to the woman, she he could have got to the girl. And Jairus frustrated. Could you imagine, I'm happy you're healed, but you took the time away from Jesus that could have been healing my daughter. And in frustration and in desperation, if it hadn't been for that woman, how easy is it to lose the celebration of what God's doing in someone else's life because he's not doing what you wanted him to do in yours? I can't believe that Jesus didn't get there in time. 
if she had gotten, that, if that medicine had held her a little bit longer, if she had, if she had just been able to hang on a little bit longer, and, and maybe you've ever been in that space in your life where you started thinking through how if things had changed just, just a small amount, everything would have been different. If Jesus had got to the shore five minutes sooner, things could have been different. But now it's too late. His daughter's dead. What? I'm, I'm, I, can, I can understand Jairus' thoughts. What do I do? Because the only thing that mattered is gone. It's too late. But listen to me. When it comes to Jesus, it's never too late. John 10, 10 says, I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. You know what he means? I come that you would have an eternal life with me. I, I came that I would save you. I came that I would redeem you. I, I came that you would have life and eternal life, but I also came that this life, doesn't matter what it throws at you, it's not the end because there's a fullness of life that I bring that it doesn't matter what the world's going through. It doesn't matter what the pain is. It doesn't matter what the struggle is. It doesn't matter what the hurt is. It, it, as long as I'm a part of it, as long as I'm at the center of it, everything moves around me. I don't move around it. And so it doesn't matter if it feels like it's too late. It doesn't matter if the situation's seems like it's too bad. When I'm at the center of it, I can change everything. So Jesus steps into this space, Mark 5, 36. Jesus paid no attention to what they said. I love that. Jesus is so petty, right? So he's not like, well, actually, you know, he's just like, ah. So he said, says he paid no attention to what they said, but told him, listen, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And in verse 41 through 42, he took her by the hand and said to her, little girl, I tell you, get up. And she got up at once and started walking around. Because it's never too late for Jesus to show up on the scene. Listen, being part of the crowd means celebration for you is a celebration for us. Being part of the crowd means a celebration. When God does something in your life, I'm cheering for you like it happened in my life. When, you, when God does something amazing for you, I'm cheering like God did amazing things for me. When you launch that business, I'm part of it. Hey, let's go. I'm launching the business with you, baby. We've been to own this whole property. We've been like, you know what I'm saying? Like we're putting everybody else out of business. I'm just kidding. All right, so like, like when you do something great, I wanna be part of what God, why? I wanna celebrate with you, why? Because we're part of the same crowd. When Jesus touches you, he didn't rob me of something. That means we get to be a part of something. And you, just because God blessing you right now doesn't mean he's not blessing me. When God's blessing you. He's blessing us because we're all part of the same crowd. We all get to celebrate it together. So when God does a healing for you, I'm still waiting on mine, but I'm going to clap for you while he's doing it for you. When God does something great in your finances, I might still be waiting on mine, but I'm going to celebrate with you. Why? Because when I celebrate with you, I'm unlocking the door for God to do something great for me. And so we're going to celebrate this together. I'm going to champion you. I want to champion what God's doing in your life. Why? Because I want you to understand Jesus is our message and we celebrate every miracle he performs in the lives of people. That's who we are. We're Christ-centered celebrators. Jesus is our message and we celebrate every miracle he does in the life of people. Why? 
because we're always gonna declare Jesus from the mountaintops, Jesus from the valley, Jesus in everything that we do. And we're gonna celebrate at every corner because he changes people's lives. And we're gonna make sure that he's at the center of everyone's life. We're gonna make sure he's at the center of everything that's happening. We're gonna make sure every time we gather, he's at the center of what God is doing so that as Jesus steps into the scene of people's lives, they're never the same again. Let's give it up for Jesus one time across this place. Let me pray with you this morning as Christ-centered celebrators. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you that you are at the center of our life and that we get to celebrate you. We thank you that as long as we're part of the crowd, we're close enough to touch you. As long as we're part of the crowd, we're close enough to be with you. As long as we're part of the crowd, healing, freedom, change is close. And so God, I pray that we would have great confidence in you. But I also pray, God, that we would continually put you in the right place in our lives. And God, for anyone that's here today and they don't know you, for anyone that's here today and they would say, honestly, Brad, Jesus is not at the center of my life because Jesus isn't in my life. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm on the outskirts of the crowd and Jesus moves past me, but I wouldn't say that I worship him. I wouldn't say that he's Lord and I, and I wouldn't say that I've put my faith in him for the forgiveness of my sins. I wouldn't say that I'm saved, but today I wanna be. Today I want everything to change. Today I'm ready to say yes to being a Christ-centered celebrator. And if that's you today, you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, the good news of the gospel is that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins and my sins. And today all it takes is putting your faith in him to be forgiven and to get a fresh start. And if that's you today, and you're ready to have a fresh start in Jesus, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved, it just puts words to the actions of your heart. It says, Jesus, I'm believing in you for the forgiveness of my sins and for a fresh start. Pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins, forgive me my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. So I put my faith in you and I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that perhaps the first time we celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.